Hey, welcome back to the Infamous Podcast. I'm Brian. I'm Daryl. And this is episode 368, the news roundup. Um, D, what's going on? Nothing much, B. What's going on with you? Uh, Bright and sunny Saturday. It is. It's a blue sky out there, which is great. But I have the blinds closed, so there's not the um, the reverberation off of the window. Um, but I can kind of see a little crack out, and it's like, ooh, blue sky. Maybe I'll maybe I'll go one wheel in the thirty degrees. <laughs> yeah, I know. You have have you been one wheeling lately? I like mean, even just before just, the snow, just inside the apartment. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so we've got a whole bunch of news i'm not sure we have a lot of facts i just want to put this out there like because there's a bunch of rumors and stuff like that and some conjecture in these in these articles um so it's, it's just news we're gonna share our thoughts on it like we normally do um and i've I, i've i've taken about and I've, I've grouped things together this week which i don't normally do um so i, I thought that was fun yeah, it's been a. I mean, this is. There's a lot of stuff we're going over today. Yeah, we have nine yeah. articles to go Opinions through. Opinions of opinions and rumors, um, and there's one of the things where I looked up the person who they're rumoring about, and I'm not happy with it. Uh, so we'll get to regarding that. the the. We'll get there. Just wait. Okay. This is a surprise for you. I actually did a little research. <laughs> Don't you do a little bit more research? Well, I mean, I do research all the time. Don't get me wrong. Because normally, the shows are much better planned out than today. Um, yeah. Come but, on. You got to know that commercial, though. Oh, I mean, yeah. that's old school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is super old school. Uh, anyway. All right. Um, so, we're going to kick off with one of my favorite topics today, professional wrestling. Um so WWE is going through a massive turmoil right now. Vince McMahon has forced him way back, forced his way back into the company, into the chairman of the board seat. He owns something like eighty percent of the stock. Holy crap! It's like Damn. massive. I didn't like, know it might not be. That I didn't realize high, that. But he he is he is far and away the majority shareholder of stock, which is insane. Because normally, what happens is like the like the majority shareholder of a company might hold like. 40% of the stock, right? Yeah, right. And he has such a stranglehold on WWE that they can't do anything without his approval as the major shareholder, even though they ran him out of the company in July. Yeah. That's... So <laughs> it's uh, it's really, like, it's quite interesting. And honestly, if you are if you are a young founder and, 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 and burgeoning CEO, um, all the, like, you know, Payoffs and hush money and, and alleged, you know, sexual activity aside, Vince McMahon should be your case study in how to either take your company public, how to, um, you know, go through any kind of a merger and, and how to keep control of your company if that's what you want. Um, the other thing is if WWE sells, um, which is one of the things that's happening right now is it's it's up on the it's up on the block to sell and they want to sell it before their TV rights go through uh, their TV rights deals start negotiating. Um, so like the rumored price is like eight point four billion, and he ends up with something like between three and four billion dollars of that. <laughs> that is uh... isn't that insane. And I 100% agree with you regards to Vince McMahon being the model for someone who wants, who found something, who creates something, and wants to keep right. that the ability to make the decisions over. For because for how 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 often do we see? And I I know this is a, a much smaller much smaller case. In, for instance, of comic book writers creating characters, and they have no right. say over right. what happens to that character. Absolutely, anything you create. You know, that comes from the heart. And I know Vince, you know, got it from his father and all that, but well, he made hold, the WWE. Hold on. He, he got is. he got the WWE from his dad. Yeah. But there were still territories is, out there. There was like yeah. Memphis and all of this. He oh, I know that. He took the model. No, I know you do. I'm just people yeah. might not. He took this model of like, let's centralize everything. Right. And he made professional wrestling what, what it, it is. is today. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, Absolutely. So the article that's in the show notes that kind of spurred this on is Stephanie McMahon and her husband, Paul Levesque, who is also known as Triple H. Um, Up until last week, Stephanie was the co-CEO and and chairman, chairwoman, whatever, chairperson of the board. Um, And Triple H, Paul Levesque, is their chief content officer. They also both held board seats. Um, So Stephanie has walked away completely. She is, um, she, she, she's no longer co-CEO. She, uh, she gave up her board seat, um, which is really interesting. Uh, and you know, trips is still, still on there. Um, but Stephanie tried to walk away back in like July or May, actually, like before all the Vince allegations came out and then the Vince stuff came out and then she was brought back in as co-CEO along with a guy named Nick Khan, who's not related to Tony Khan. Um, and there's like so much stuff lying around right now. Like Nick Khan is like the go between between Vince and then Staff and Trips, um, and it's like, is it that bad over there? But there, there's a lot of news around the sale. So like, um, people are conjecturing Disney is going to buy them. Disney does not have eight point four billion dollars to spend. Um, they're talking about you know maybe. Um, like Warner Brothers will buy them. Warner Brothers does not have eight point four billion dollars to spend. No. Um, the cons. Tony Khan and his dad, Shad Khan. Tony owns. Um, well, they own whatever. His dad owns AEW. Um, they have the money. Like they have the money to buy and sell WWE probably forty times over. But that would be horrible, right? That would be yeah, a horrible yeah. thing to do, um, because you know. We've it's, already seen what yeah, happens. We, we, we've seen what, what happens. Um, I think uh, I think the one interesting one, and that's the one that was rumored like over the weekend or over last weekend, actually, or yeah, was that the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia is interested in using their public fund to buy WWE. Yeah, and yeah, that what, what day was that? Because that came out earlier. Like, we saw all the videos like Monday. Was it Monday or Tuesday or I something? Don't know. Along like I, I messaged you because I was up when it happened. Yeah. Like I texted you like right away. Um, right. And and so that brings with it a bunch of issues because like right now WWE does like between two and four shows in the kingdom every year, um, which is paid for by the Saudi Arabian Public Fund, which gives them actually for each of those shows they make more money for any WrestleMania than any WrestleMania they've ever done. Yeah, it's for a glorified house show, crazy. right? The funny thing is, is like when right. they first did it, they're like, "Well, we want the Ultimate Warrior." Like they, they, they we want Macho Man. It's like they're all dead, dude. They're all dead. Like, <laughs> sorry. Like, um, it, maybe the Saudis could re- make some uh, reanimation stuff, but you know, whatever. Um, but and I don't want to get like too super deep into this. Um, but one of the interesting things is. Like you have wrestlers like Sami Zayn. Um, Sami Zayn is of Canadian and Syrian descent. Sami Zayn is not allowed in the country of Saudi Arabia. Yeah, and that's something you told me I didn't realize. That. So now there and there are wrestlers who refuse to go wrestle over there because of like you know the human rights violations and you know just in general Saudi Arabia doing Saudi Arabian things. Um, right. So what happens to those wrestlers? Yeah, what happens to the women's division? What right. happens to because the other thing that it, it, it was rumored during this whole thing was that they would take it pri- back private, right? Which would alleviate some of the uh, regulatory things and right, you know, public versus a private company. Private companies aren't I, held to the same. I think whoever buys it is going to take it private. Yeah, that's yeah. why it's that eight eight billion is ish scale it's, it's very similar to what's happening happened with twitter with elon mm-hmm. so um but yeah. i actually i want to i want to tie this 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 thought into the next episode or next topic and that is the new era of non-competes that are coming into hollywood right now did that the ftc is actually proposing that most contract clauses um, that bar like executives and just general workers and, and things like that, um, saying that non-competes are now should be illegal. Like they're they're 
you know, they're not allowed. Um, which is really interesting because WWE has a 90 day non-compete right. for all of their wrestlers. And um, WWE will freeze people's contracts when they get hurt or like, you know, if they're unhappy or whatever. Um, so this is really, really interesting. What I would like to see here, like one, so I read through this article. So you've worked at Fidelity for what, 20 years now? Yes. Okay. So you don't, you, you haven't had to deal with this, like the non-compete stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what, what it is, 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 you know, like, cause I've been a consultant most of my career and like, I've had non-competes where like, I can't go work with another company right away. Like if I've done projects for another company, mm-hmm. which to me actually makes sense because it protects IP and things like that and, and everything. Um, but I mean, I would be happy if they got rid of it because I would love to be able to like, just like hop between like competitors and be like, yeah, no, this is what I do here. If you pay me more, I'll come do it for you. And I'll tell you how, you know, um, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll do it better than what they do here. Um, but with acting, it's really interesting because, or like some of these things, because like they tie these, these, um you know, studio heads and, and, and whatnot into like, you can't just leave and go to another studio. Um, and, and so I'm, I'm really interested to see where this goes because the other thing, well, I, I think the big thing about this is like DC Marvel happening right now, right? There's you, 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 you as a worker now could be like, no, I'm not doing any kind of exclusivity. I'm gonna work for you and DC and you can just deal with it. Right. So the, the the other thing is is we will see the rise in the enforcement of non-disclosure agreements. Yeah. So which would keep me from and, like going from one company to another in the same field and like being like, yeah, this is what we did. Let's like let's 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 do this. Yeah. So how does that so kind of going back to the Vince McMahon thing? Yeah. Like I understand the non-disclosure and not sharing intellectual properties that that I absolutely get. But in that role, say you're a consultant, right. and this is where I'm wondering how this would affect that. And you're talking about the non-disclosure. What if if you are at company A, and you are the one you specifically are the one that creates a process to make company A's yeah you know, whatever they're doing, mm-hmm. whatever project they're doing. What, and you go to company B, are you saying you could not be able to, to kind of not enforce, but propose that same type of thing that you were the one that, that was behind? If it's proprietary technology and you do not have a contract that says, I own everything I create, no. Mm-hmm. Then company A okay. owns that intellectual property and you cannot take that with you. Especially yeah, and that was similar. Yeah, and that was similar to what I was saying about you know create, yeah. and I guess I was talking about creating, say, and creating some type of industry workflow or something. So like that. that still works. So looking at like, the industry workflow, have... right? Let's look at Lucasfilm yeah. and Weta, um, Peter Jackson Jackson's, you know, VFX house. Um, okay. You could not be working for Lucasfilm and say invent an entirely new way of making television movies. AKA the uh, the new soundstage, the volume, right? Right. Okay, that's so, a good one. Yeah. So the person who made the volume cannot go to Weta and be like, "This is the exact technology we use to do this," mm-hmm. because it creates an unfair advantage, and it's like sharing someone else's intellectual property. So I mean, this yeah. is a huge. So like, you know, this kind of stuff is is big because like it, it's it's corporate espionage. In, in, in a lot of ways. It could be, um, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and so the non-competes, which, again, I do not agree with, are one of the ways that they help mitigate corporate espionage because you can't go work at, you know, um, at Best Buy. Let Two me rephrase later, You can't go work at Circuit City because you can't, but you couldn't have worked at Circuit City <laughs> and then immediately gone to Best Buy, right? Yeah. It's just not. You could have worked at Circuit City and gone to Walmart or Value City or Target or one of those other things, but because Circuit City and and you know uh, Best Buy are, are so close, you couldn't do that. Like you couldn't go from one of those two to B and H, and and do work there because you're selling. You know, like if you're inventing, like like you know, um, like B and H has the uh, little conveyors where 
they don't actually have anything on the floor because they don't want people to steal stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So you work with someone, you tell them what they want, and then you get to watch it come out of their storm room in the basement or wherever. And, you know, it follows this conveyor all the way down to the register. It's really cool. It's part of the fun thing. That is actually like, It's actually cool. worth the premium to buy stuff from them in their stores to watch that because it's fun. <laughs> but so like you couldn't be the guy who created that system and go to any other retailer yeah. really. And, 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 you know, immediately be like, well, this is how we like this is the secret sauce. Mm-hmm. So, so we'll see. Um, there's questions whether the FTC even has this authority. I mean, I'm sure businesses will sue the government over this. Um, honestly, like, I won't sign a contract that has a non-compete in it ever, okay. and I don't. And I, I'm, I'm like, you need to take the non-compete out because I'm an individual consultant, individual contractor, individual contributor. Um, it is inappropriate for me not to be able to find work in a field work. that I've worked in, yeah, I, for for, for twenty your years. So. Yeah. You know, you have the ability to argue this stuff, and like you should always read any contract you get. And I do not, and I, I, I always say I will sign this as long as you strike out the non-compete. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and again, like I said, the whole non-disclosure yeah. and intellectual properties as a company, a hundred percent get that, and I understand why companies would want to try the non-compete. But as a, you know, as a professional, I, I would be this. I would go that same route as you so mm-hmm. again i know what the, the article mentions that you know california has already instituted this yeah. in a way but i just wonder because there's a lot of movie studios in california yeah. so well here's the thing though if a state wants to do this mm-hmm. i 100 percent agree with the state wanting to do that because i could go live in a state that doesn't have like have nine. Oh yeah. You, it's right. choice about there's choice. only, yeah. I think there's only like six right now that it's illegal in like in Ohio, there's non-competes, but they're really very rarely imposed, you know, because like you have mm-hmm. to be a real dick to, to tell someone that they can't go work somewhere. Right. But it's also just as easy to say, I'm not signing that. Yeah. I, so. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of people probably don't, which again, that's on them. Yeah. But Think about what you're signing when you're doing when you're doing work. Yeah. So I, I do think I, I do wonder how this is going to play out where, you know, if you look at the picture here, yeah, they have Netflix, Fox, Disney, mm-hmm. WB, yeah. Discovery. So you just just how this might open up things from a professional standpoint and and how it will affect the affect products right. in the sense of, you know, so, so the or you know, uh, Studio A has is known for these movies, mm-hmm. and Studio B is known for those movies. You know, that's kind of how it is sometimes. Right. But being able to get a star that's usually on this, but would be a perfect fit, but his studio doesn't usually do those movies. Right. That, yeah, I, so. I think that just opens up things from a positive perspective, from not just the actors, but I, you know, I always look at it from not always, but I look at it from because we're consumers. Yeah, we're the ones you know consuming this. We're the ones putting the money in their pockets. How, is that going to help us? I, I I always think diversity in the sense of being able to do more things is is a is a net positive, right. especially for the consumer. That we you know we were just talking about uh, with the WWE story why it would be bad for uh, the cons and AEW to be able to purchase WWE. We saw that with WWE and WCW. Right. Diversity, diversity. Competition. Like I think that. competition. Competition. Is the word. Yes, diversity competition. is not the right word. Yeah. I mean, diver- there should yeah. be diversity. You know? No, no. But yeah, yeah. No, competition you're... is always good for the consumer, and it's always good for innovation. Yep. Agreed. That's just you can look at throughout history. That's just how it goes. So, yeah. In in that regard, I'd be very interested to see how that would affect things. Right. All right, cool. All right, so the next one, and uh, you had a, a perfect segue that you, you stepped on. But um, <laughs> um, speaking of things that you regret signing, uh, Damon, Damon Lindelof's, uh, I guess, Star Wars project um, is in flux, and uh, producer Carmen 
Pasha is uh, claiming that it's not happening now. Which is funny because he came out, Lindelof came out like last week or maybe the week before and, and claiming he was going to do a Star Wars movie without any white actors. So we can start saying noted racist Damon Lindelof, just like noted racist Conaheasy Coates. Yeah. So yeah, we want to be fair. Yeah. So to be <laughs> fair, noted racist Damon Lindelof, um, as you know, here's the thing is we were, so we were talking about this before we filmed it. It's like, we need to talk about this on air. Um, Star Wars needs to go away for a minimum of five years. No movies, no shows, maybe cartoons, you know, because not a lot of people watch mm-hmm. cartoons. And then come back with a, like, massive relaunch of the brand. Yeah. And what did you say to me? You started off talking about the other uh, Force Awakens and why it did so well. Yeah. I mean, there was a decade between... um Revenge of the Sith and the Clone Wars. And the only thing that we had to satiate our Star Wars fix was the expanded universe and the Clone Wars cartoon, which was not great at first. It got great as Dave Filoni learned to be a really good like steward of Star Wars and producer of, of content. But yeah. I, you know, here's the thing though. When I heard David, Damon Lindelof was making a Star Wars movie, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah. you're joking, right? Well, it was similar to, it was actually my reaction was very similar to when uh, the D&D got that supposed big deal. Yeah. And... Yeah, it's I, I we like you said we talked about this Star Wars, and I mean you said this. I, I know you mentioned this, and I agree with this back at the t- at the time at, yeah. at, when Endgame came out, where the MCU needed to take a break. There there is something to be said restraint for absence. Yes. You know, absence and the heart grows fonder. So. Look at how crazy people were when. The uh, for not the for the Phantom Menace came out. Mm-hmm. You know that's after decades of no Star Wars, and then the right. same thing right. with with the Force Awakens. Yeah, you do, We don't need this every year, every other year. Yeah, we don't. Deal. We don't need a movie every two years for Star Wars. We need no. we need three movies every ten years, and we're good. Now here's I think the that's thing, perfect. Is I'm not going to completely bash Lindelof because Lindelof has a huge strength, and it's weird shit. The Leftovers, yeah. Watchmen, The Hunt, Lost. The stuff like that that he's worked on has been relatively great. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, But when he gets into Star Trek, Tomorrowland, Prometheus, you know, things that already existed, that's where he tends to fall apart. And like, so Watchmen, right? Watchmen is something that existed, but he had an entirely new take on it that followed the comic book, not the movie, which was really interesting. Now, was Watchmen perfect? No. No. Did Watchmen tell a complete story in nine episodes? 100%. And the fact that they said, we're not going to do any more of this because this was so good, I, I, I really, really, really respect your point about him doing doing well with weird shit, yeah, like the leftovers and and Watchmen. There's a tone that mm-hmm. he has with his shows that it, I mean, it work. It absolutely works. Mm-hmm. I just don't looking at that at his his history. Yeah, it doesn't matter how well well it was done. It's different from working with something like Star Wars, right? And he did the Hunt, which we both loved. Yeah, yeah. It, it, so there I mean, is a darkness when I said about he did. His, He's the producer. He produced yeah. that. Like Craig Zobel was the uh, was the director, but like you know, as the producer, you have a ton of you know, just a ton of insights. Yeah. So, so regard, you know, notwithstanding his comments about not casting you know white actors, just I don't think that it would is a good marriage considering no. what we look at what Star Wars should be. Right. And well, what yeah. he looks, what he's good at, yeah, and what the issues Star Wars have had too. So, oh, absolutely, yeah. Anyway, all right. So, like, that's enough. I mean, we don't, we don't need to go like 
too super deep into that. It's just like yeah. it might not happen. We'll see. Speaking of, we'll see. Yeah. So speaking of, um, I think there's less people asking for this than there were of the Snyder cut, and that's the air cut of the suicide mm-hmm. of Suicide Squad. Not, I'm sorry, not the Suicide Squad. Let's not be confused here, of Suicide Squad. Yeah. The I, Jared uh, Leto led Suicide Squad. Here's the thing. <laughs> I like David Ayer. Um, I, I think David Ayer is a good director. Um, I, I think Suicide Squad um, was grossly tampered with by the people at DC Entertainment at the time. Yeah. When I went to go see it, that was the what maybe 20 minutes into the movie. I had that thought, like, what is going on here? There, nothing really connected. The music looked like it was put in at the last moment and, and yeah. wasn't it wasn't used to make the scene better. But it was mm-hmm. just this is something people like. Right. And you looked at it. It was basically they were trying almost trying to duplicate Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. And that's not from everything I've read. That is not the type of film Air originally made. Right. Well, okay, so here's the thing. When it comes to David Ayer, let's look at his resume real quick. Harsh Times with Christian Bale was his first directorial Mm -hmm. view. Really good movie. Street Kings, good movie. End of Watch. End of Watch is a movie everyone should watch. 100%. Love it. Great movie. I wasn't super great about Fury. I wasn't, like, super into Fury. Um, Mm -hmm. But, like... It's beautiful. It's a it's a good movie. It just was not a movie for me. And I was in this weird like hate hate relationship with Shia LaBeouf at the time, um, which is weird because I really do like Shia LaBeouf. Uh, then we have Suicide Squad, Bright, which wasn't great. Um, and then he did The Tax Collector, bringing it back around to Shia LaBeouf. Um, but here here's the thing that I want to rattle off. He wrote U five seven one. The U-boat movie, German movie in 2000. Yeah. yeah. He did the screenplay for Fast and the Furious. He wrote Training Day. He wrote Dark Blue. He wrote Squat. He wrote Harsh Times. He wrote End of Watch. He wrote Sabotage, Fury, The Suicide Squad, or su- sorry, Suicide Squad. He wrote uh, the Training Day TV show, uh, the screenplay for the, for, or whatever he wrote for that. Um, mm-hmm. And he wrote something called The Fast and the Furious Underground, which is a short. I don't know. Um, and I then he wrote that. The Tax Collector. And he's got The Wild Bunch and Bright 2 as upcoming things. Like, dude is talented, right? Like, I, I said, like, when, when you know, your predecessor was in your seat uh, and, and this came out, I said, I would love to have seen David Ayer's ending of the Suicide, of mm-hmm. suicide Squad. I don't need a three-hour, like, well, let me go back and do everything I wanted to do. Mm. Plus, there's no way you're going to get these actors back in because, you know, um, Clara or whatever, Delavine, whatever, whatever. She played Enchantress. Cara Delavine. Cara Delavine. Yeah. Like, she looks completely different than she did now. Like, yeah. The, they, they, would have to, they would have to put her in there and then deep fake her to, to make it look right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and, you know, I mean, Joel Kinman looks like he's, like, 900 years old now like you'd have to defake him to use the younger face technology and probably why they were at it they could probably use some acting technology dude <laughs> speaking of hate hate relationship i just don't like him i just I, I i you know what i liked him in 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 house of cards when he played the oh the uh the, the, the yeah, presidential he candidate he was really good in that and then for whatever reason you know what it was? It was RoboCop. RoboCop is where where he turned on me. And I really wanted to like him in um, Altered Carbon. Yeah. But the problem was with Altered Carbon is the the real body of the... Was so much better. Was so much better. That was the biggest yeah. issue. It's like, why? Why Why are we seeing this guy when right. this guy is so much better? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that was so much more interesting, that part. But yeah. Yeah. It, just think of the stuff you just rattled off. Yeah. Uh, about, With air. It, it's very similar to in the sense of when we were just talking about right. Lindelof and he just doesn't vibe with Star Wars, mm-hmm. what Star Wars should be. 
I the Suicide Squad or yeah, right. The ver- his version of Suicide Squad did not does not vibe with anything else that he has done. Right. What what Air has done, and and it, that that shows that. And again, if you take into account what happened with Justice League as well, you know for a fact that was not. Even if we didn't have all this information, you would look at it and be like this is curious. Considering everything this guy has done, right. He comes out with a film like this that doesn't vibe with any type of tones in anything similar right. to what he has done before. Right. Like, I think Bright, I think Bright is a highly underrated movie. And I'm going to stand by that. And I said it when it I came love- out. I really liked Bright. I also I- like Will Smith when he's not slapping Chris Rock in the face. <laughs> I mean, I don't, here's the thing I didn't mind him sm- smacking Chris Rock in the face. Like, tax. Smacking the taste out of Chris Rock's mouth is something I bet a lot of people like fantasize about. Um, it just wasn't the right venue for it. <laughs> right. Do that at an after party or something. Just go over to his house and ring the doorbell and like <laughs> smack him and then walk away. Keep keep my wife's name out of your mouth. <laughs> like like and record it for the lols on YouTube. Um <laughs> so anyway. The lols. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I I don't think anyone's asking for this. This is not the first time this has come up. Um, this is, I think, because um, Ayer and Gunn are friends and Twitter is a place that likes to stir shit up, you know? Yeah. So, so yeah. I would like this if, like you said, if, if he just had to spruce up some VFX mm-hmm. and just cut the film like he had it and all that stuff. But yeah, you're right. If you're trying to get all the actors back, if you're trying to do like all these reshoot, no, we, we don't need that. Yeah. It sucks that we didn't get what you want, what you, you you envisioned and right. what I honestly think would probably have been a better movie. Probably. Because WB execs have shown that they know not what they do. They yeah. know nothing mm-hmm. in as far as movies and stuff. But yeah, it there was not the that huge campaign on the internet of, you know, restore the Snyder cuts or slash restore Suicide Squad cut or the air cut as it right. as it's as it's being yep. tagged. The air cut. I would like to see it. Don't don't get me wrong, but I d I don't have the same type of attachment to him as i did to zach snyder right. I, i'm you know i'm a zach yeah. snyder stand in some yeah, ways you are. But, so <laughs> i can admit it all right so. moving on um so sticking with dc uh this is a great article that you found matt reeves and james gunn meeting to ensure the batman in dc universes don't crash into each other so after all this talk about how, like, well, we can't have multiple Batmans and we can't have multiple Supermans and all of this stuff running around. We're going to have multiple Batmans. We're going to have the the Matt Reeves boring verse over here and the James Gunn weird verse over here when it comes to DC Studios. Yeah, which is patently ridiculous. Yeah. I just, real quick, Matt Reeves... If you ever hear this, if you're listening to my voice at, at any moment in history, I just want you to know, you stuffed three movies into one, dude. You had a really cool-ass trilogy that you could not help yourself. I, I, maybe it's because you didn't stick the landing on the Planet of the Apes after such a strong start. But, dude, calm down. Yeah, by the way, yeah, love the start of Planet of the Apes, that trilogy, right. and it just kind of just fizzled. How did we not just have James Franco the whole time? Oh, my gosh, man. Like, seriously. Uh, like, yeah. I know James Franco has his, like, issues, I guess, like, for behavior or whatever. And, like, people don't want to work with him anymore. But, like, back then, he was the dude. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So... And of course, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. So I, you know, like just looking at this, it's like I, this is a good idea. I, like I know I'm making fun of it, but like this is a really good idea. Like, Gunn and Saffron, you know, have a plan that they want to do for like ten years for the next DC, ten ten years of DC Studios. 
Matt Reeves has what two films left. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yeah, I, um, yeah, I I guess there's a a couple shows. They're going to do a penguin in an Arkham Arkham Asylum show, but like, you know, I, I'm, I have zero interest in, in revisiting the Batman, let alone the Batman universe. Um, so yeah, I, I know we disagree. I thought that could have been a, no, 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 not, not necessarily to a point. What I was going to say is I, I appreciated the Batman, but like I said, that third act for me was what lost me in that movie. It was, it could have been, like you said, it could have been a I know some people think it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's fantastic by any stretch. I think there are fantastic elements that he overdid by putting too much into it. And we still didn't get the Batman detective that right. he promised. It, it, but anyway, the point is that with all their them talking about you know, solidifying this into one cohesive universe and then, to, then this coming out. I'm going to wait and see because they're supposed to, I believe it's like at the end of the month, they're supposed to be kind of announcing their, a lot of their plan. Mm -hmm. So it might make more sense when they do that. But again, I know I'm still a little bit hurt that or bitter that, you know, they let go of a perfect Superman. Right. Right. And it looks like they're going back in time. And so supposedly not doing an origin story but hold on let's 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 just switch gears then to that story um because these are these are two different things here um so the other thing is james gunn has addressed and again this is rumor who responds to rumors that he's already selected his new superman actor um he says it's not going to be an origin he said he actually said like he replied to Scott Christie Jones, I don't know who that is. He said, "You're doing another origin, which no one wants." And James Gunn replied because he spends far too much time on Twitter. Um, also, as I said yesterday, I definitively, I am definitively not doing an origin story. He's just doing a younger Superman. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> So, but the, uh, right now they're saying, uh, the rumor is the actor that he, so there, sorry, jump back a sec. There is a, a memo that came out that was leaked, um, saying that there's a certain Australian actor who was on a Netflix rom-com trilogy and is currently on an HBO teen show being looked at as the new man of steel. So internet sleuths put it together that it might be Jacob, uh, Alordi, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if that's how you say his last name, um, who plays Nate Jacobs on Euphoria and was in the um, the Kissing Booth movies, which I think you like those, right? No, that's not the ones. Which ones on. did you like? Uh, it was the oh, what was it was the it was one with Noah kissing. Centineo. No, it was it was Noah Centineo was the one. It was like all the was, boys I kissed before or whatever yeah to all the boys yeah, i've loved or something like that yeah so he was yeah, not, yeah that's okay those are two different things okay no that was adam smasher that was in those oh okay okay so he is the like the weird kind of like rapey dude on euphoria euphoria yeah which i did i did not realize that was him yeah i mean I first saw i'll say name. this he has a look about him that's like man of steel-ish he's kind of a big yeah. dude he's like leaner he's than Cavill. yeah but, like, he's leaner than Cavill, which yeah. would make, like, a nice younger Superman. But the picture that they have in here from um, the Bounding article is Superman from Superman American Alien. And I like American Alien, but I don't want them to adapt that story into a movie. I, I've never read that one. It's good. It's, a, it's like, five or six issue miniseries. Um you know, it, it's it's all about, you know, it's another origin. You know, it's just a different take on his origin. Uh, so, um, so here's the thing. I think, like you said, like we, we, we have every right to be butthurt because Cavill was the guy that people wanted. And they did Cavill dirty. 
Like super dirty. Yeah. So. I mean, yeah, it, yeah. This is this is this is going to be the core. Like you said, this is going to be their casting of Superman, and I'm still going going back to things what we've talked about before, as far as tone and everything like that. I I, I still don't know if James Gunn is the best guy to write and direct this, but yeah, I again, this is one of those things I want to wait and see. I don't want to be the one to to start praising this all all over the place or bashing it all over the place right i have some positive thoughts on it but uh, we've talked about over the last few weeks the last month or so i have some concerns as well it's one of those it's almost like it's it's that wait and see where it's like i'm not sure what i'm gonna get and how i'm gonna feel about it well they keep saying that dc needs their kevin feige right and what's the difference between what's happening here and kevin feige well Kevin Feige started from the beginning. Well, there's start, yeah, but what's what's the actual difference between who and what James Gunn is and who and what Kevin Feige is? Oh, yeah. Are you talking? Yeah, like Gunn from a, a filmmaking perspective, or Gunn from a Gunn is a filmmaker. He is a writer. Yeah. Kevin Feige is a producer. I would feel yeah. much more comfortable with Peter Safran being the one making these decisions about mm-hmm. what movies they're going to do and then finding the talent to do it instead of rough-shotting out a Superman movie. That might yeah, be it, the the cornerstone of a new uh, cinematic universe, just like the Snyderverse. History repeats itself at Warner Brothers. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's I mean, we're rumored. in the, du- we yes, are in the we dumbest know. time. We're in the dumbest timeline of history right now anyway. So this this minute after what I saw, perfect. The thing I sent you earlier. Me? Yeah. Oh, anyway, my gosh. Yeah. It, we're in the dumbest timeline. And and so it makes sense that James Gunn is, is going to be in charge of all of this and is doing what he's doing. Uh, my, my, my faith in this is so shook that I just. Uh, That's I don't know. Yeah. That's why, because I, I was sort of excited when it first got announced, but the more stuff happens, I, I it's like chipping away at my enthusiasm for it, and I get more yeah cautious about. I don't even say cautiously optimistic or pessimistic. I'm just more cautious, and right. I'm just on that t- seesaw of I don't know which way this is going to go, and that's why this. I know this was the rumor about a lordy and on all that, but right. like he's they're starting with Superman. They have to nail this, not just from a casting standpoint, mm-hmm. because again, we we all we both agree Henry Cavill was perfectly cast as Superman. Oh, yeah. What we and as much as I loved Man of Steel, Man of Steel started this whole thing off wrong in the sense that it was it did not totally embody Superman, it and it was a standalone. So movie. It was a standalone yeah. movie. Yeah, that was the problem. And, yeah, and then they just compounded that mistake with Batman v Superman and yeah. that rush hack job they did on that. And just, they have to get, if they screw this up, if James Gunn and Saffron don't nail this, and I don't mean a double or tri- they have to hit a home run with this because... Right. Home run, they need a grand slam. Yeah, because fair or not, if they don't, there are, there are going to be people that you know have that, trauma of remembering okay this is how this initial dceu started and what we got from there what's to say this is not different and it will kill a lot of enthusiasm if this is not just it's like out of the park it's like the meme nothing can go wrong oh no it all went wrong (laughs) speaking of speaking of that let's move on to our next one um sticking with the the dc warner brothers discovery world um, so all the Arrowverse shows are, are coming to an end, right? And I'm sitting here and I'm like, thankfully, right. I'm like, I'm here. I'm like, all right, nothing can go wrong. And then <sighs> this article came out from the Hollywood reporter on January 9th. Greg Berlanti bets his legacy with new Warner brothers TV mega deal. <laughs> I mean, oh no, it all went wrong. I mean, Greg Berlanti is really good at like starting shows, right? 
But then Greg Berlanti cannot get out of Greg Berlanti's way with his identity politics. Oh, God. As soon as possible. Imagine if he made Dawson's Creek today. Oh my gosh, Dawson! Oh my goodness, Dawson and Dawson and Pacey would would it, he would have been after Pacey, not Joey. Yeah, there, there would have been so. there would have been a, a, a much more of a involved triangle there. Yeah, Let's just put it that. Way. Yeah, yeah, it would have been. It would have ended with all of them being a thruple. Um, but yeah, it's just. I mean. It's like, yeah, dude, we get it. You're gay. We don't care, like, at all. Like, just make cool shit like you, we know you can do. Mm-hmm. Like, even Supergirl. The first season of Supergirl on CBS was really good. I, it was I thought, really good. I, you know, for a first season, you know, because we talk about first seasons and the missteps every first season has almost. I was actually somewhat excited to see what we were going to get. Losing Calista Flockhart as like the anchor of that cast, um, was was huge. That was that was like yeah. when it when it moved to the CW, and switched from filming in LA to filming in um, what's it called Vancouver, Vancouver. Um, losing Calista Flockhart was huge. Because she was, I mean, she, I mean, she's a, she's a pro. She's a professional. She is, she is amazing. Um, and yeah, it just, it didn't work. Yeah. I, I just. Supergirl had their own version of Mixopedalic. Mm-hmm. But they didn't use Mixopedalic. They used some other character. I wonder if that's a character. I'd never seen that. Sorry, <laughs> I'm just looking at stuff. Um, but yeah, no, Berlanti. Oh yeah, it's a girl version. Cool. Um, anyway, yeah, Greg Berlanti just needed to to stop um, why he was ahead, and I don't know. I'm. It says here that they're going to focus on other things besides superhero fare. Which I think might do well for him. Like he might be really yeah. good at that stuff. But like, don't well, don't make thruples, dude. Like, let's yeah. not. Like, that's gonna be that's gonna be his first teen show, thruples. <laughs> well, I mean, because he did. He was he's behind uh, the flight attendant, which I didn't realize that the HBO show. I couldn't which get past I thought the was, first episode of that. I was about to say I I thought the first I watched I think two and a half episodes yeah. and I thought it was okay. Okay. Like. I mean, the idea of it, I, I think it's interesting, but I mean, it's on season two. I, th- I don't know if it's going to get to season three. I don't know why it would, but whatever. A lot of people watch it, it and, and then they can, yeah. t- I know they take it, they put it on like TNT, excuse me, TNT or TBS. I forget which one because I see commercials oh, I for I it watching um, okay. AEW Dynamite in AEW yeah. Rampage. God, February 1st can't get here fast enough. Yeah. And he also did you, which I didn't realize. I forgot he. I, I oh, forgot he? seeing his yeah. name in the credits of that. Yeah, is you so, is you kind of gay too? I mean, is that is it like one of those shows? No, there are elements. I'll I'll just say there are elements, but yeah. it's not like going to the Flash, for instance, mm-hmm. where it's just I I just can't watch the Flash after. I mean, first of all, it was just contrived plots, but you know, yeah. then you get the woke ideology, and that's that's the CW for you. Yeah. But I will say that you is not, it's not heavy, it's not heavy handed in that right. regard. Yeah, you notice stuff and you might roll your eyes, but overall, because again, just think like you have the main. And again, it's based on books too, which I've never read. But you know, the kill the main character is a sociopathic stalker. So yeah. I mean, so yeah, he's he's the protagonist. Yeah, which is funny. Okay, so I mean, here's the thing with the deal though. Is I think we might get more quality rather than quantity because his current deal Which, or his the deal he was on with William with William Morris Entertainment was like a four hundred million dollar deal and he got bonuses for the number of shows he delivered, right? That should never be the case. No, yeah. and so now he's with CAA, which I think is really interesting because they compensate, um, like 
so this new this new deal being signed with CEA is is really good because um, it's gonna compensate him for the content he delivers, like mm-hmm. so because it used to be you know like and this harks on a little bit so like before streaming it was like you know hey if you deliver like Emmys and Golden Globes and you know SAG awards and things like that, um, d- along with ratings. You know, ratings being mm-hmm. the top thing, not awards, you're gonna you're gonna get more right. money. You're gonna get you're gonna be better, you know. So I think this might be better for him. And I know we 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 harp on him, but like three seasons, dude. Three season shows. That's what we need. We need ten episode, three season shows. Just you know, yeah. When 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 you're when you know whatever like. um Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the series, hit season two, start working on your next thing mm-hmm. in tandem yeah. with the writing season three. Like, I, I think that way, you know, but he's also producing, right? He's not really writing or anything like that too much anymore. Um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll see. I don't know. Um, I think... <sighs> I think it's better for everyone moving away from the CW. I, you know, I mean, the I, CW, I you're uh, all American got picked up by the way, by the CW. Yeah, again. I, I stopped watching that a couple seasons ago. Yeah. Like that one went all in on wokeness yeah. in but, a way that was just, it yeah. just messed with the actual characters the yeah. in a way like they became secondary. Ugh. They absolutely became secondary to the message they were trying to send because that show was one of those. I actually really liked the first couple seasons because it put me in mind of Friday Night Lights cool. because, I mean, it was just, you know, this high school. So, yeah. yeah, I agree with you as far as moving away from that and and focusing more on quality and not, okay, can you kick out eight, ten shows? Right. No. Right. Just focus on a couple shows. And I, I that's one of the other things we agree with is is contain self more self-contained stories in the sense of we don't need those 50 even though i like you know soups and lolo it's 15 episodes because we get more of it 10 12 episode shows for three and have it three Six. have it written for three seasons Six you know episodes. Yeah, have it have it written for three seasons. I've gone all the way down to six. I'm I'm 100 on board with the British model. It used to be 16, <laughs> and then it went down to like 13, and then it was 10, and then it was eight. Now I'm like six. Like one the, thing, the people who are in Hollywood right now, I feel like they can they can they can produce six good episodes. <laughs> Smallville, uh, um, and oh, not gosh, needing to do filler. not not needing to do uh, you know 14. Uh, episodes of filler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're the ones who do uh Smallville by or uh Wednesday. Oh really? Yeah. I, um but yeah, sorry, make your last point because like we're we're oh, getting no, that, close I was to done with, Oh okay, cool. Yeah, I was done so with that. well speaking of quantity over quality, um Marvel is paying their VX people um Twenty percent less than other studios, according to the fine folks, and I say with all the sarcasm included there at Screen Rant. <laughs> so, like, like talking about like quality over quantity, right? Let's focus on let like let's just look at She Hulk because we bashed it. It was awful. It looked horrible. Um, anybody who says it didn't is a Disney shill and just wants free shit from Disney. Yeah, there again. There, yeah. You can say you thought She Hulk was a you know fun, good time, which I think it's a, it was objectively a bad show. Yes, like yeah, yeah. We I yeah we joke around when we say objectively. I mean, from a writing standpoint, it was objectively bad. Yes, I, we could go over it. That doesn't matter. We're talking about the VF, VX. I think that's even more clear and more objective that the VX was bad. Mm-hmm. And this is not a new thing with Marvel we've seen over the last few years it get worse and worse yep it's just gone down and, and down yeah and down and and one of the things the article mentions is they would hire one vfx artist for something you would usually hire three people for right so really they're they're just paying like a third of what yeah so i i do love how they have the um they have the Mar- why Marvel pays artists less despite being so successful. Marvel's not successful anymore. 
No. So, and I do love this picture that they have from Thor Dumb and Blunder where they have the the CG helmet and it just doesn't line up on his face. Right? It's like the um, Wolverine Origins, the scene where the uh, the claws weren't on his hand, right? Oh my God. Yeah. You know? So back in the old Fox days. And that was like 10 years ago. Yeah. 10 plus years ago. But um, yeah, but they're, they're mu- the Marvel must fix the MCU's VFX problem in phase five. Well, I've seen the previews for this stuff from phase, phase five so far that they've shown us. And I'm, 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 I'm pretty sure they're not going to fix this. Because again, they have too many movies coming out. We can't afford to do this. And they, they've just like, they don't either make TV shows or make movies. Don't do both. Well, we're going back to you know the quantity over quality thing. You can make a TV show. You can make a TV show in a movie. You can't make sure. four TV shows and then have three movies come out. That's right. first. That's too much content, and mm-hmm. it oversaturates what you're trying to do. Right. Yeah. You again going back to uh, going back to scarcity. Right. Now going imagine, back to get. Just imagine for a second. Right. Okay. Let's like look back at 2022. We had um, okay. we had She Hulk, we had Miss Marvel, we had did we have Loki in twenty twenty two? I think it was Loki twenty two or twenty one. No, was Loki the, was twenty one. What was the other one? What was the third one? Uh, Moon Knight. Oh, Moon Knight. Okay, so let's just throw away Miss Marvel, just you know for whatever. Like so. Let's take and focus on Moon Knight because you have an Oscar-nominated, I think he, he didn't win an Oscar yet, actor in Oscar Isaac's leading Moon Knight. So all mm-hmm. the funding that would have gone to that middle TV show, you can take half of that and put that into Moon Knight. Now all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you have more money to play with to make it look better. And... If you're going to spend the money to make it look better, you can spend the money to not hire entry-level writers and producers and showrunners. Yeah. Now, okay, so you take the other half of that money from Ms. Marvel, and you take the most iconic tokenized character who is actually good in She-Hulk, and you do it right. You don't do it as a troll against the fans, you know. That's like owning the dims or owning the cons. It's just bullshit. And you know, you mm-hmm. you played some stupid fucking game and it cost you because nobody's coming back to a season two of that show. If it even gets a season two. Well I mean you had actors like on that show saying, I don't care if it gets a season two, I'm just here to make my money. Yeah. Well, it's funny you said that as far as the owning part. A lot of people, uh, there's a quote, like some people would rather be right than rather be rich. Sure. Meaning yeah. that yeah, yeah. they don't, yeah, they want, they're, they're focused on proving their point mm-hmm. than they are being yeah. successful. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what this, that's what it's come, that's what She-Hulk of, above all others is, is like the poster child for. Right. No, you're right. So, so. Yeah, so I mean, as far as Marvel paying their people, underpaying their people, I, you know, they do it in the comic books too. It's why it's why Marvel kind of oh, yeah. sucks monkey balls right now. I don't have a single Marvel book on my on my pull list. There's not a single thing from Marvel I'm interested in reading right now. How I mean, just how far they've fallen with stuff. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. You know, the article saying the, the artists not getting paid on time or in in. This is, I mean, it's a big problem. And I know what the article says, you know, they, like some companies don't want to say no to them because they feel like they they could get blacklisted, which is horrible in and of itself because you, you don't want to do a job because you're getting vastly underpaid and Mm -hmm. then you get blackballed for it. Right. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't get it. Uh, it's it's yeah all right so we're gonna fu- finish up with one last marvel story we'll be quick i promise um marvel studios producer nate moore seemingly reveals storm bishop and blue marvel at the top of the list for live action adaptations speaking of blue marvel i got a cool blue marvel uh marvel legends for like six bucks or seven bucks oh yeah because no, nobody wants that shit either um but oh yeah. Oh man. Like here's the thing. Like Storm 
is part of a team. Bishop is part of a team. You know, um, Blue Marvel, eh, you know, you can do a Blue Marvel movie. Cool. Yeah, but blue, yeah. But make it Blue Marvel. I mean, Blue Marvel. Yeah, Blue Marvel Superman level. Oh, yeah. yeah, he gets freaking judo slammed by Silver Sable or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. So, whatever. But I'm saying, if you're going to do it, yeah, do it right. Yes. You know, that that that's where I'm going with this. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Speaking because I love uh, Bishop. I love Bishop when he came into the. X-Men I know you did. You know, that whole storyline. I know. I know you love him. <laughs> so, um, you know, as far as Nate Moore, you know, he's been a producer with Marvel for a while. Um, he co-produced uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. Um, he was the executive producer on Captain America Civil War and then lost his goddamn mind when he started with Black Panther, Virtue Signal, and the Neutered Soldier, the Eternals, and then Wakanda for Never. <laughs> So, you know, it's like, all right, like, I get it, dude. You want to do this? But, like, guess what? You can't come out with all of these now and be like, it's the first ever movie with a black whatever. Yeah. You've, you've kind of you've, you've handled that at this point. Um, yeah. So, I, I like, here's the thing. I am not interested in a standalone Bishop movie because standalone Bishop comic books are boring. I was going to say, I... I think there could be room for a standalone movie if they were just going to the future, but this is the th- problem. Like Bishop works as much as I, I, I would probably be more interested than you. He works as in, like you said, in the X-Men team, right? You would get like the, you know, the cold open of a movie. You would see Bishop coming to, you know, Bishop in his time. And then whatever happens to bring him back to the R time or something like mm-hmm. that. Or some type of flashback, but here's how they should the do idea. Bishop, sorry, is the Messiah no, complex. They should do the Messiah complex, where he's chasing mm-hmm. Hope and Cable through time and space. That would be great because he thought Hope had to die. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like Nate Moore. If Nate Moore is going to produce something like that, like he did Civil War or Winter Soldier, fuck yeah, do it, do it, dude. Yeah, get it done. Like, I'm here for it. But do not introduce Storm without having the X-Men already exist. Um, you can make Storm a founding man number. Fine. I really don't give a shit. There's like 47,000 X-Men to choose from at this point. <laughs> Just don't fuck it up. Don't don't make the characters yeah. stupid. Um you know, Blue Marvel, I really don't care about. Like, it's just not a character I was ever into. It has nothing to do with him being black. I just am not interested yeah. in Marvel's take on any Superman. I didn't like I don't like Hyperion, you know. I'm not. I'm not there for for Marvel telling me a story. Although it's all, it almost seems like reads like they, you know, they picked your brain before you thought about how to fix Superman, and, and how they use Blue Marvel. Yeah. Again, never read the comic book. I just saw the action figure and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Yeah. Actually, I mean, like, the, so, he's a but, cool. He's a cool looking design. <laughs> he's a cool looking like figure when you see it. But mm-hmm. I'm just not interested. You know. Now, if he's going to do a movie with like the three of them. If that's what he's talking about, like, it, but you know, it, that's not what it seems like he's trying to do. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think it's more of bringing them into in individually different movies, mm-hmm. which is because you know it could be a really cool movie. Is Bishop shows up and like Storm and Blue Marvel are like having coffee or something, and he's like, "Come on, let's go. We got a future to save." <laughs> you know, like that would be cool. Like and then they go it's into your kids, the future, Aurora. right? Yeah, it's your T'Challa's kids. Oh wait, he had a kid with someone else. Um, yeah. Oops. So like traveling through like a multiverse thing, like you know maybe not. No, fuck multiverse. I don't want to. I don't even like time travel. But if he he's coming back to grab them to go travel through into the future to do something that like only Storm and Blue Marvel can help with, that's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, I'm here for that. Yeah. But like, if it's just gonna be like, oh. Here is generic superhero A origin story movie that their parents died, they had some hardships, they figured out that they were more powerful, and then they used it to be authoritarian, which is kind of the Marvel way right now, then no. Yeah. I, I my concern with this stuff is 
that they're not going to make something that is it's going to be more about to quote critical drinker the message mm-hmm. than it is the fascination with an interest in the character themselves themselves yeah. yeah so regardless of where they go with this again like i said we've said that i've said this marvel has lost all i've lost all faith in marvel Uh, that's although like I do have two Marvel movies, as we mentioned on our, on my most anticipated list. Mm -hmm. Um, it it will, I will see. I'm cautiously optimistic with both of those. Mm -hmm. I'm not optimistic. I'm cautiously. Yeah. So this, they, they have a long way to go to get me back on the, oh, I can't wait. It's a Marvel movie train. I don't know if they'll ever do that again, honestly, because I think there's too much. They're, they're, they're putting too much content out to make consistently good stuff. There's going to be some good stuff we uh, interwoven in, and then there's going to be some bad stuff. Mm-hmm. They really need to cut things down. Like you said, one or two movies a year, one TV show a year. Right. That would be fine. That's all we need. We don't need these three and four shows and three and four movies. That's right. too right. much. Correct. Cut it down, Marvel. You are correct, sir. But... Um, yeah, I, I, it's just, yeah, no. And, and, you know, just like, you, you know, what's not diverse is when you're only making movies about one particular group. Yes. Just saying. Or the hardships of um, said group. Yeah. Suffer. <sighs> According I, to uh, you, I should say. Yeah. So that and, um, you know, I don't know. Let's let's just do it right. Anyway, um, before we go, just you know, hopefully Paul Walter Hauser recovers from what Jeff Jarrett did to him last night on Rampage. Oh, so I didn't see that. It's just not okay. It's not okay, Double J. <laughs> it's not okay. I'll have so, to check that out after, um, after this. Yeah, it's actually really funny. So, um, yeah, I'm ready for for the um. Uh, J- Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal experiment to be done. So, mm. or just they're both sent to ROH. That would be fine too. Anyway, on that note, anything you want to add? No, I just. Oh, R.I.P. Robbie Knievel. Oh yeah, so sad. Yeah. So, all right. Well, on that note, we'll talk to you all next week. See you. See you. The Infamous Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. You can find new episodes every Sunday on Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, our website, or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. This show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Infamous Podcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash infamous podcast. We have some great rewards for our patrons and are looking for help to grow the show to bring you more of the content you want to hear. Music for this podcast is provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. So whenever you're listening to us, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.